This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 661 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is about disaster planning from your veterinarian's point of view. It is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on Horses in the Morning, episode number 428. There are a lot of different types of natural disasters out there, but they all have some basics in common when it comes to being prepared. So listen in as we get the scoop from the vet's point of view. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. Glenda Geek here, and I am with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. And we're going medical this week, aren't we? Yes, we are. I wanted to feature the Vetricin Wound and Infection Hydrogel. All of this Vetricin stuff is really good. I, it's amazing. And not only do I know that it works, but all of my Facebook friends go nuts over this stuff. And the reason I'm featuring the Hydrogel this week is because it has a different thing going for it that some other ones of these don't. It's expensive, but it's worth it. This hydrogel stuff, you spray it on like it was liquid, and it comes out like a liquid, but when it comes out, it's a very light gel, so that when you put it in the wound, it actually sticks to the wound. It doesn't you know, like drip down. Like, so mm-hmm. if you have a wound that's up underneath or one that's hard to get to, you can use this and you can get a really good covering of the wound with the hydrogel. I have not had anyone who I have heard that has used this that hasn't come back and said, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. You can use this on all your furry friends and feathered friends. You can use it on horses, dogs, cats, birds. It's just amazing, and it's clean stuff. I would highly recommend it. Give it a try. And I know the one nice thing about the Vetricin, uh is that you can use it in, in areas that are flexible, your joints and yes. ankles and knees and things like that, and it provides that extra barrier even for flies and things as well, too. Yeah, that, you know what? I had uh, exactly that. I had a little cut on my mare's uh, on the inside of her hawk, and every time she would walk, she would pull that thing open, and I got this stuff and used it, and within just a week, it was it was healed. I I can't say enough about it. I would definitely try it. Keep it in your um, tack room. Keep it in your uh, first aid kit uh, when you're on the road as well. Just go to equestriancollections.com and search for Hydrogel, H-Y-D-R-O-G-E-L, and you'll find the Vetricin Wound and Infection Hydrogel, and you can pick up a bottle of it there. And now, on with today's tip. Jones and Michelle are with us. Good morning. Good morning. Now we've all three said it. It's official. Darn it. That it's good or that it's morning? 
No, that, that, oh, that is, is the Horse Health the Report. Health, yeah, it's official now. I'm a little slow this morning. <laughs> yeah, catch up here, Michelle. Jeez, wake up. Oh, my gosh. And I just looked over and realized that my dog snuck into my office, so hopefully she behaves herself for our segment. That's all right. Jamie has a mosquito in her office. I've been driving okay. crazy all morning. So, you know. <laughs> and I have three dogs dog? and a cat in this room with me, as well as the mosquito, uh, plus, oh, wow. I think, probably about 25 of his closest friends. So, um... This is fun. This is good. So time. you have a whole zoo. Well, hopefully my dog doesn't start barking and then get your dog barking. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so, point. She's sleeping. Actually. She's sleeping, hopefully. Okay, we'll keep our fingers crossed and try to scoot through this while she's asleep. So, <laughs> so Dr. Um, Jones, what do you have in your office? <laughs> <laughs> or don't we want to know? <laughs> uh, the usual. You know, dogs, cats, and horses, and the usual. So. Right. <laughs> now... I've got. I'm actually. I'm actually getting kicked out of my office right now. So I'm in the uh, the um, library area that uh, Jennifer got to see, and uh, so I've been kicked out of my office temporarily. <laughs> and that's even more perfect because it seems to me that every veterinarian, and probably in your library as well, on the shelf somewhere is a piece of a horse carcass, be it a bone, a hoof, some sort of. <laughs> Skeleton, <laughs> did you have that in your office or your library? <laughs> I don't know. Can Jennifer answer on this one? <laughs> oh, my God, baby. Why did you ask that? She has an entire horse in there. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and she knows no. his name. No, really? <laughs> what is wrong with you people? You bets are crazy. Hey, let's have a dead horse in my office. Awesome. That looks great. Oh, you guys are ridiculous. Her skull is on the shelf. Her pelvis is on the shelf. And the rest of her bones are on tables laid out and labeled. And then some of them are in a Rubbermaid getting ready to go to be affixed to her. I know so it. I so you have it. a horse, like pieces of a horse all over your library? <laughs> Yeah, um, she has not been put together. It's uh, just been a timely uh, uh, item and finding the right person to put her together. But I did find somebody, not just going to come up with the money to put her together, but, um, yeah, Peggy, my old thoroughbred mare, who used to be the tease mare here, and she was pretty crippled, has some great examples of arthritis that I love to show the pants and the joints. Whoa, 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 <laughs> Stop the precedent. You have not only a horse skeleton in your room. It's your own horse? It was, yeah. She, um, at age oh. 26, 27, came down with EPM, and uh, we spinal tapped her and got the confirmation. We treated her for a month. She didn't get any better. We went ahead and treated her for a second month at a higher dose. Halfway through the treatment, she started to colic, and it was a surgical colic, and with EPM, you know, being very ataxic, and 27, we chose euthanasia to be our best answer, which was difficult at the time um, for me. Very, very difficult. She'd been with me I'm for so about eight sorry. to ten years. I'm but so I, wanted her to, I wanted her to continue to be part of the practice. So we did a shallow grave and um, had her biodegraded by the beetles and, and worms and such, and um, then dug her back up about a year later and Ugh. boiled off all the skin this that was left. This is getting weirder. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting worse as you talk. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. But I'm sorry. I, I do, anyway, I do see the educational piece. Are you sorry you even asked that, Jamie? <laughs> 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 no, so actually, I'm in the library with one of my pets, yes, but she's just not alive. She's deceased. And, um, yeah, she's yeah. staring at me right now. 
give me a funny smile. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, yes, I've got a coffin bone sitting on my shelf so I can explain. No, uh, this yeah. is way more hold than on, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start over. Holding. Um, yeah, we're starting over. <laughs> it's time for the weekly health report from Horse.com. Fantastic information and their attempt to ruin Glenn's lunch every week. <laughs> It's so good to have you on the show today. Thank We're going to talk about Thank disaster you. preparedness here in Florida because there's hurricanes coming. <laughs> Take it away. Oh, Glenn, and, I'm so hurt. And and you're you're uh, you're definitely thinking Florida because you're new down there. Um, but yeah. I'm up, you know, in the in the northwest, and I am in wildfire country in the desert. Um, and then there's also areas of flooding and tornadoes. I know in Kentucky you had tornadoes, didn't you, when you were in Lexington? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, everywhere, anywhere you live, there's something, you know, to, to plan for with our horses. And in the June issue, we had some great coverage of things to do to keep your horse safe uh, during a natural disaster and how to plan to get through that. And so Dr. Jones is here to talk to us, give us uh, her her perspective as a vet on what what we can do in case those disasters come up. So, uh, and and Aaron, so you or Dr. Jones, you you've been through hurricanes, I'm guessing, down in Florida, also. Oh yes, ma'am, we have. We definitely have experienced them. Um, I've been here for about almost 20 years, and um, I think 2004 rings true to a lot of people here in Florida because we had three of them come straight across Central Florida every two weeks. There was one. In August, two weeks later, Labor Day weekend, two weeks later, you know, mid-September. And, um, yeah, yeah we, were, we were pretty tired of having boarded up um, uh, windows and such. So, yeah, we're no strangers to it. Yeah. So, as a vet, what is the number one thing that you want your clients to know about natural disasters and getting prepared for those? Um, I guess you hit the key word, prepared. The the thing I think that most people don't think about when they purchase horse, horses, and I think is very um, pertinent that you should have in mind is any emergency you should have transportation. So natural disasters here in Florida, they recommend evacuations of certain areas. How do you evacuate if you don't have trailer access to a trailer? No, someone who has a trailer have not checked your cha trailer lately. It's got weeds growing underneath it and maybe a vine growing through it, uh, flat tires and such. So that's my big thing is have an evacuation or an emergency uh, traveling plan because it may not be an evacuation, but God forbid you get a tornado that comes through the Midwest or a tornado comes through here in Florida because we are heavy with tornadoes as well, and a piece of the tin roof of your barn flies off and gets into the field and your horse cuts its leg and you need to find a way to get somewhere to get that taken care of, transportation I think is key. Yeah. You know, when I worked for a therapeutic riding center, I did the risk management planning for the program that you have to do for accreditation. And one of the big parts of that not only is having that trailer to get the horses out, but then also having a safe place to take them. So how, how should horse owners go about finding a place to take their horses in case of a, a disaster or an evacuation? And most of the people, they go online. This is the experience I've had here in Florida. Um, and at the time, I was able to secure my Peggy in um, a concrete block barn, so we didn't have to evacuate. But um, we had people look online to the overnight stays places in Georgia, and they probably flooded those places. Some had friends up there. Some went with friends who had friends. 
that kind of thing. But those overnight stay places are, are primo uh, when it comes to taking your horse to a place. And they're, you know, six hours away or eight hours away, and you're going to have to get that far away sometimes in a hurricane situation. Mm -hmm. Which is why you need as many spots in your trailer as you have horses, because you may not be able to make multiple trips back and forth. Exactly, exactly. And the commercial haulers get very busy at that time, so you can't just rely on, oh, I'll just hire a commercial hauler. Also, does your horse load? And that's really frustrating in a desperate situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you get everyone a little anxious anyway, trying to get anxious horses and trailers, that can, that can not be a great situation if they aren't good at jumping in. Um, yeah. So... So getting you know, our horses evacuated, that's really important. But what if we're in a natural disaster and we have to deal with taking care of our horses um, without being able to get out or get supplies? And I know we should have food for ourselves, but what about for our horses' uh, feed and water? How much should we have on hand? Well, they always say to have enough for four to five days um, here in the hurricane situation um, when you're stocking up on water and such. So the same goes with your horse, and you're thinking, well, how am I going to have that? Um, you know, they drink, you know, up to 10 gallons a day, and so you're thinking that times five days, that's 50 gallons for one horse. Uh, so what a lot of people will do is they'll just start filling up um, those big 50-gallon drums. And I've seen it in barns and hurricanes. The, the concrete barn my mare was at, she had like eight to ten of them in the aisleways, all full with water, filled with water, because... You know, even if we don't get struck directly by a hurricane or the tornado, the outlying storms can knock out the electricity, which locks out, knocks out the electricity to your well or your pump, which a lot of people don't think about when they have a well or pump on their land. Um, yeah. So you need I to have that backup. Those big, those big drums, the big plastic ones, because you can buy those for pretty cheap, actually. Yeah, that's what they use. That's what they use, and they're very reasonable, very, very reasonable. And she just pulled them out of her storage um, shed that she had and just put them all throughout the um, aisleway because she, you know, closed down the doors and everything, and so they're there readily available if she lost her well, um, her pump, and she could just dip the water buckets right into it. That's another thing. Those of you that are on automatic waterers, you need to have enough buckets for water as well. So you do need to have oh, yeah. those backup, those backup um, water buckets for your automatic waterers that go out. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought of that at all. So, um, and it's getting those drums before the emergency is <laughs> coming up, <laughs> not yeah. waiting until until the weatherman says there's a storm coming. Right. Right. Um, so, what what should we have in our first aid kit to take care of our horses if they do get injured? Um, well, your basic bandage material is huge because that's what you're going to run into is a lot of cuts and scrapes and stuff. Um, so. Uh, material, I would say, would be number one. Um, then you could have your antibiotic-type um, medicines uh, for any wounds or cuts that are areas where you can't wrap the horse's leg. Um, and uh, those are definitely uh, something necessary. Thermometer, stethoscope, if you know how to use them. If you don't know how to use them, ask your veterinarian. I've showed numerous people where to listen for a heart and take the temperature, it's a rectal temperature, that kind of thing. Um, the uh, sterile saline wash, you can buy it from your vet. You can get some of those from the feed stores. You can get some of them at Walgreens. There's sterile saline sprays they make. Um, those things will help clean out wounds that, will, you know, that they'll sustain. Um, you can even get diapers if you need to, to act as steps if you're desperate. 
Um, any kind of antibacterial solutions, find them at the feed stores. Uh, any antibacterial like povidone, chlorhexidine uh, is one of my favorites for um, antibacterial. And then prescription medicines for your horse. If your horse is on pergolide and you're getting low, make sure that you don't wait to the last tablet to order it because if we have a hurricane, transportation of UPS to your vet or to you or even from your farm vet account is going to be closed down. So you need to make sure that you have those prescription meds that your horse is on nonstop uh, available, maybe back up for that. If you, um, you know, have some sort of reason to use uh, butte on your, on your horse or such. You want to make sure that you have that backup uh, medicine, but talk to your veterinarian about having those medicines available. And then, of course, I always like to have inside or tell clients to put inside their little first aid kit your veterinarian's phone number. Just in case your you know, speed dial's not working or uh, your cells are out or something to affect and you can get to a land phone, you get their phone number right there inside the first aid kit. Or you, moved, you went up to Georgia or you went out of state to uh, move the horse, you've got your veterinarian's phone number there handy in the, in the um, first aid kit. So you should definitely be ready to have your vet not be able to make it to your horse right away yeah. after. Because if anything, after. they're triaging. If it's a really bad storm, which the ones here... Um, well, actually, it was a tornado. went through Ocala. It took out quite a few thoroughbred farms. Um, big trees went down. A lot of horses got hurt. And they had to triage. They had to pick which horses they were going to see first. So your mm -hmm. horse may not be number one, but you're going to have to do something to stop the bleeding or do something to cover up that open, ugly wound or get the debris or dirt out of the wound that the horse has rolled and, and rubbed into it overnight that you didn't know, you know, that the, uh, the injury occurred or whatever. So you'll definitely need something to kind of help you out in the meantime, and your vet can give you guidance over the phone while they're trying to get to you. Yeah, so we have that. The roads may be closed. Roads may be closed. Yeah, apparently during that storm, those storms apparently in our neighborhood here with the big live oak trees, another disadvantage is uh, they couldn't get back to our road for a week. Power was out, and, and trees were just down everywhere. Yeah. So you have to be ready ready for, for not being able to have those experts come help you out. Um, and then in... Like Katrina, we saw lots of animals, you know, horses, dogs, cats, lost without their people. Um, how can we identify our horses so that we can get them back if, if there is a severe storm or wildfire and, and they get out? That's a really great point, Michelle. That's something that you should do well ahead of storm time, storm weather, is get your horse either microchipped or you can do freeze branding, which is a little old-fashioned, but some people still do it. Uh, the tattooed lip, if you can read it on your thoroughbred, that'd be fantastic. Make sure you have that tattoo number down, documented somewhere in a hard copy so that you can carry it with you, maybe on your Coggins or on other items. Um, but then they also have the new thing out, which is the IID, uh, which is the retinal scan that they're doing. Um, it hasn't picked up a lot of steam, but it's a very good um, ID um, remedy. The microchipping is the most common, the most popular, and they have now universal microchipping guns that the USDA and some of the rescue or the um, animal control groups have or have access to. And it's one gun that reads every single microchip that's made, even European ones. So having your microchip number handy, um, as I tell my clients, when I administer a microchip into the horse, that microchip number has been serialized to me. Dr. Jones at Florida Equine, I tell them to call the company, set up their own account with their name and number so that when that horse is lost, 
they can go straight to that number and go straight to the client rather than having to go through me who might not be able to get to my clinic because I'm either busy or I've got trees down and can't get to my clinic to look at that number that we've got logged in or categorized in our file and then they finally get to the client's name or number. So being much, registered much will, through the company is good. How, how much will microchipping cost, Dr. Jones? Oh, it's, it's less than $50. It's very cheap oh, to wow. do. Okay. And then to register, some of the companies charge maybe $10 to register, and you can register up to, I don't know, five horses, five animals, including your dogs and cats, okay. um, or so, even eight animals. So it depends on the company that you go with. And um, the registration is very, very cheap to put your name and number down, and you can put as many pets up to their limit underneath that, that name and number. Yeah. And the other thing people have done here is, and it's very unique, and you might see it in your wildfires because they might think, oh, it's not going to happen in my neighborhood, is they'll take the cattle markers. Um, you can get those at the feed stores, and they'll write their phone number on the side of the horse. Mm -hmm. Or they put little tags on a leather, not a nylon, please, a leather halter because it breaks easier if they get caught with it. Um, a uh, leather halter, they'll put little ID tags like you have dog tags on your, on your dog's collar that has your name and number um, attached to it. The only thing is if the halter's off the horse, then there's still no ID. Yeah, I, I keep a big uh, cattle chalk in my kit so that I can write on the side of my horses if, if a storm or a fire did come through and, and they had to be let go. Um, I figure that's a, a good way to find them again or help them find me. I've also heard of people using fingernail polish and painting Ooh. on the hooves, the phone number. Yeah, phone yeah. Number. On the hooves, but not on the hair, because there have been some no, products people have used on the hair, and the hair has been, you know, they lose their hair in that area. So be yeah. careful what you use on the hair. Those cattle uh, markers are the best ones to use. I carry them in the truck for emergency reasons. Yeah. Well, then on the, the fingernail the... polish would do its job, because then you definitely, it's not going to wash off if it starts raining. <laughs> it's like a freeze I was brand. thinking that, too. The other, thing, though, the other thing, too, though, is you got to remember that non-horse people, won't be comfortable picking up a horse's foot if it's standing in sand, dirt, or debris, or they've got dirt debris That's on true. that foot. They may not see it. Yeah. Well, we on thehorse.com we have a, an archived webinar that we did recently on identification. Um, and if you just go to thehorse.com and under videos, webinars, and you can um, read, you register, and then you can watch the identification webinar that we did, and it covers traditional methods hot branding, freeze branding, up to this iris scanning, microchipping, um, all kinds of options for, for horse owners so that they can find their horses after these kind of things. But let's cross our fingers and horses stay home and safe. Exactly. Well, I've, got a first, I've got a first aid kit PDF um, print off on my website, and they, okay. anybody can go on there and print it off. It gives them an idea of what they can go to the store and put together. And that's FloridaEquine.com? Good. I also have a hurricane preparedness, a hurricane preparedness sheet as well, if they're interested. Oh, good. I'll be printing that off because we have to worry about that now. So I got to print yeah. that off too. Next time we need to talk. We don't have time right now, but next time we need to talk about haboobs because uh, you need to do some research on what Jamie has to do because she keeps getting blasted with haboobs out there in Phoenix. Um, oh, what? Covered <laughs> haboobs. Sandstorm. But I think Dr. Jones would know a lot about sandstorms, so we'll cover that a different time. Well, there you go. To listen to more of the Horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Experts drop-down menu on the left. If you just love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang, putting in their two cents on horse health topics, you can tune in to the Horses in the Morning show at 
horsesinthemorning.com for your weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information. They're on every Wednesday. You can also go to thehorse.com where you can find the mother load of horse health information covering just about every topic imaginable. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you by equestriancollections.com. Just like Horse Tip Daily brings the whole world of equine knowledge to you, Equestrian Collections bring the, brings the whole world of equine online shopping to you. Check them out today, equestriancollections.com, and tell them Coach Jen sent you. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zoom and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zoom, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.